this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Patsy McNeil, Senior Vice President and System Chief Medical Officer of Adventist Healthcare. Dr. McNeil, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to be here. A pleasure to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare right now, and especially what you're doing at Adventist, you know, a huge role overseeing the system, uh, chief medical officer in all that comes with it. But before we dive into my broader questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. I'm an emergency medicine physician uh, by training. I practiced clinically for over 20 years, um, board certified, of course. Uh, In addition to that, I I was educated in the Midwest where I grew up. I went to undergrad at at, uh, Washington University in St. Louis and medical school at Vanderbilt down in the south in Nashville. I was chief medical resident and flight physician at my residency training in Cincinnati at University of Cincinnati. And I received my MBA at University College London. Oh, wow. So you've been all over. (laughs) I have. I have. I have worked. Um, either directly for or adjacent to Adventist Healthcare as a clinical doc um, for about almost 19 years now, so for quite some time. That's amazing to hear. And, you know, when you were first going through your medical training, did you ever imagine you'd eventually be the system CMO or was that something that evolved over time? (laughs) It definitely evolved. I I always say that my my intellectual first love uh, was emergency medicine. I really had no plan to do anything other than clinical medicine, but life has plans for you sometimes that you can't really turn away from. And I ended up evolving into leadership. That's great to hear. And definitely I'm excited to you know learn more about that role. So, you know, when you look at where you're at at Adventist right now, obviously um, it takes a strong leader to be able to do all the things that you're doing. What are your top priorities? I, I know there's a lot happening in the healthcare field today. And so I just love to hear from you some of the big things that you're focused on. Sure. Uh, currently and relatively newly, the, the um, systems quality metrics and measures roll up to me. And so that has been a real change and uh, of approach and uh, revisioning how we address that with uh, data, which is very, of course, key in healthcare, and how we incorporate all the clinicians as the center of the work we do to try to both improve and become, as we say here, the healthcare world-class while being very inclusive of keeping the workers at the center so that what changes we make match their actual work. I, I know from being um, a, a physician for many years, a lot of times there'll be administration's, you know, directives and, and, and folks making changes without including the folks that actually have their hands on patients. And that can sometimes be frustrating and not a good match for work. So we're, we're doing a whole uh, overview and uh, look at the way we address quality. That's the biggest thing on my docket right now, although I must say as well, there's a lot of things going on with the physician workforce, which I'm sure your listeners know too. Shortages of physicians across the nation are getting really, really significant. And I have great concerns 
uh, in the future about how we take care of all the human beings in our communities that we're responsible for if we don't have the physician workforce in place to lead the charge. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of focus on nursing shortages, especially since the pandemic, and that comes and goes throughout the history of medicine. But we really have never had as severe shortages that we're beginning to see and are projected to become over the next 10 years. And so that's also something that I, as a part of the system, are strategizing on how we're going to handle that moving forward to make sure we take care of all the people that are within our catchment area. Absolutely. That's a really great point, you know, in terms of looking at the workforce shortages, both from the physician side as well as the nursing side. And when you look at the clinical team as a whole, what are you doing now to prepare for the future? As you mentioned, shortages, you know, aren't going to ease on their own. So um, when you look at kind of the the different solutions and in, in how you're um, designing the workforce, what does that look like? What changes are you considering and, and what are you uh, moving forward with? Well, I will say that the our organization's um, people pillar, which involves our, our HR for nursing and other workforces, really had to pull out all the straps, stops as far as recruiting, being creative um, in the use and focus of what are very limited healthcare dollars these days, as many people know, as far as making sure that our salaries are right size, and really making Adventist Healthcare an optimal place to work. And some of that has to do with trying to make sure that we have a good listen on what not only the clinicians need, but the other folks that support the folks who touch patients um, uh, need. And so, you know, we really have had a lot of focus on our recruiting, making sure that we are an optimal place to work. Now, for physicians, you know, what I've seen is that you can be as great as you want to be, but there's only two physicians and there's needed to be 15 in your area. There's only so much you can, you can do. Uh, and so we're looking at different models of care, um, beginning to really uh, focus and strategize around how we're going to attract physicians to our system as well. Generally speaking, traditionally, Adventist Healthcare has had non-employed physicians, either our private physicians in the community, uh, contracted groups we've had, and just a few uh, different specialties for employed physicians. We are evolving and looking and making sure that we may need to evolve that further. Um, and, and just trying to figure out exactly what our focus of specialty should be, just beginning to focus on specialties that are known to be the highest risk for severe shortages uh, and looking towards focusing on those groups uh, as we move forward in the future. Also, you know, the extended use of advanced practice practitioners uh, is something else that we're looking at in novel ways to model how they are uh, linked into the physician work uh, as well. That's great to hear. And definitely makes a lot of sense. Just fascinating to look at the ebbs and flows of how uh, the physician workforce in, in, in different models uh, for, for physicians within the health system, um, you know, where those trends are headed. So thank you for your candidness there. Now, uh, I, we you got into this a little bit already, but how do you see Adventist Health evolving over the next two to three years or so? Um, what, what really do you see as being more prominent in the future? And then is there anything that you see dialing back as well. Those are good questions. We, you know, over the last several years, there's been a focus on, on growth for 40 odd years. We were a two, two acute care hospital system with rehab, uh, hospital, acute rehab hospitals as well. Over the last three years, since the very beginning of the pandemic, timing wise, 
we have expanded to that. We have yet another hospital in our, our group from um, Fort Washington, Maryland, and another academic hospital now is, um, you know, we're, we're managing, looking to acquire in Howard University Hospital. And so growth uh, is definitely something that is what we're looking at as a business strategy and as a clinical strategy as we do that, keeping our eye on making sure that we are you know, best place to receive care. And, and that alludes back to what I talked about as far as our quality arm uh, and our workforce arm, focusing on how we strategize around those things. So our focus is, is really on making sure that we have the highest quality care in our area. And if you know anything about the Maryland healthcare system, it's, it's a challenge in some ways uh, to work within that system because of the kind of stringent reimbursement restrictions they have on our acute care hospitals, but even so, looking to grow, uh, looking to have best outcomes, and to really, you know, be a place where people want to, to spend their careers, careers. Absolutely. I love that. I, th I think certainly um, being able to have that growth strategy and growth mindset, you know, I can imagine healthcare and healthcare delivery looks a lot different now than it did when you began your career. Oh, it, it's quite different. It's, it's completely uh, different. First of all, the regulatory oversight uh, has changed things quite a bit. There were there were times when you know we weren't exactly doing maverick medicine by any degree, but it certainly compared to what's going on right now was was quite a bit uh, different. Um, and the ability to have a business model that was easier able to make profit margins was different, you know, 20 something years ago than it is today. Either way, it's still one of the best. Best ways to spend one's life is in healthcare. That's my uh, that's my belief. I love it in, in such an important and rewarding field as well. Uh, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering if you could talk through one change or a project or initiative that you or your team has made in the last year that yielded great results. Sure. Uh, you know, I will say that um, within quality, I'll start there. I'll just actually stay there. Um, there has been uh, a team headed by uh, one of the well, actually, the Assistant Medical Director of Patient Safety, Dr. Jim Ross, as well as our Clinical Effectiveness and VP uh, of Patient Safety, Dr. Deborah Illig, uh, on making our perioperative services safer than they've ever been with the Safe Surgery Collaborative. And so across our entirety of our system, including the hospital that we're managing at Howard University Hospital, we've had a large collaborative of, of uh, clinicians really leaning into uh, uh, having orderly progress through making sure that we have processes in place to make sure that that, that that work is done very, very safely. And that's been a success. I will also mention that for a little over a decade, Adventist Healthcare has been on the Baldrige journey. I think some of your listeners will be familiar with this, which is the only national uh, quality award given by the President of the United States. And so we have a, a work that we've been doing on standardizing our work using Lean Six Sigma to approach problems, uh, problem solving through DeMaeus with multiple team members, with the clinicians, once again, in the center of a lot of that work. And that is a, a, a big work, uh, trying to make sure we have processes that are in place and documented for everything we do. But we're still working through that as well and getting, you know, getting great outcomes using that. So there's quite a bit going on over here at Adventist Healthcare to make sure that we are targeting quality, targeting improvement, 
and quality, you know, world-class care as we look at the business of medicine to grow and really offer, uh, you know, our mission to, to the communities we serve. That's amazing to hear. And, and certainly, you know, um, trying to get those processes in place and process improvement and system improvement, you know, it, it on paper um, might seem easy enough, but I know in practice is always a lot more challenging change management, not only with the um, the operating side of it, but also with the human side. Any advice for making that transition as smooth as possible? Just keeping at it. I think there's, you know, you know, there's no uh, the movie says there's no crying in baseball, and that, but you know, but there's definitely in medicine. You have to just keep your head down and, and and do the work. There's really no way around it. And as you said, things can look beautiful on paper. It's only when you get you know it in C2 that you can really figure out exactly how things would work. And that it's a time uh, a time spending process to get all that done. If you think about the complexities of medicine, every specialty and every patient, every time, it's difficult. Absolutely. Well, Dr. McNeil, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been really a fun and interesting conversation. I look forward to connecting with you again soon and seeing you speak at our event in April. Sounds great. Nice to meet you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.